Welcome to Greycast, exploring the world of Greyhawk one podcast at a time. This podcast is all about bringing the classic world of Greyhawk setting to life through Greyhawk creators, Greyhawk lore, Greyhawk streamers, Greyhawk stories, and of course the vibrant Greyhawk community of gamers. Thank you for tuning in and let the exploration of Dungeons & Dragons' most classic and revered setting, the world of Greyhawk, begin now. Hey, welcome, Greyhawkians. It is time for another installation, installment episode of Deities of Greyhawk. Um, And this is Greycast. So thanks for hanging out. Thanks for tuning us in. Thanks for telling all of your friends about us, because I'm sure that's what you spend most of your free time doing, is telling all the people you know in your D&D circles about the the wonder that is Matthias and Wiley Hobbit and our view and exploration of Greyhawk. And we are muddling our way through the list of deities. If you visit Appendix B, Gods of the Multiverse, in the 5th edition player's handbook, you'll see a list there for various um, settings and the deities. And we are working our way through that particular list. So for, please don't and, think and for posterity, go ahead, go ahead. for posterity. It's the first edition of fifth edition. Yeah. Cause there's another book. edition coming D and D one, right? We don't know what that's called going to be yeah. called when it's released. So yeah, if they, we'll if see. they, but the original fifth edition, yes, the OG five E. And this list, please note that if you're going, well, what about Lydia and what about so-and-so and and what about so-and-so and so-and-so and and all these other deities we haven't covered? Like if you go through Living Greyhawk, Perimius, Procan, uh, Phyton, there's numerous that we, Falcon, that we have not uh, and probably won't cover until, you know, maybe, you know, future episodes when we run out of other things to talk about. Um, This is just the list that's i guess the the most well-known commonly referred to deities of greyhawk so but that's where the list comes from so and we are down into the r's so we're gonna discuss ralishaz and rao and saint cuthbert and therisden and we will begin this episode with Mateus, my good friend up in canada and he is going he's gonna take us away with Ralishes made popular to me by none other than Eric Mona mm-hmm. on the uh, Living Greyhawk. Uh, excuse me, Living Greyhawk. Hello, the uh, Lord Gazumba stream games that that Mona plays a he, like a cleric of Ralishes. Ralishes, and he's awesome. I can't remember the character's name, but man, if you want to watch some good D anD D, catch those episodes of of Lord Gazumba and one of their. It's like those Saturday night specials, but uh, Eric Mona. Kind of got me interested in Ralishaz. So, so take it away, Mateus. Ralishaz is also called the Unlooked For. He is the intermediate god of chance, ill luck, misfortune, and insanity. I read this and I couldn't help but think of Two Face from Batman. 
<laughs> just just oh yeah know, if if two-face had a god this would be him arthur dent right or um, um harvey face harvey dent arthur harvey dent, dent. Yep. so close yeah harvey dent so so you it, know what i mean it, that was just my initial impression that that this is a this is what if you took two face and made him a god and, yeah. and and just made him slightly a just ever so slightly more insane than he already is. Um, so Ralishaz is also called he's called the ever changing um and that's because his his appearance can change. He can go from hideous to beautiful. Uh, he can go from male to female. Um, but he usually his normal his his standard appearance is an old oddly dressed beggar hmm. um now he he normally doesn't carry anything with him except for a wooden staff and his holy symbol is um three sticks of bone and, and there's that's the holy symbol because um little sticks of bone are sometimes used in divination uh, and ga- or gambling tools divination being you know you throw the bones you cast the lots and, and mm, how, yeah yeah you, you look at the animal liver and uh it tells you the future right the gods reveal their will to you um so obviously with Ralishaz, the big idea here is chance um he rewards or punishes those who rely on chance or who maybe take a, a, a big risk or um, and he does so at random keeping true to form um this is um the god of the dice <laughs> um and um he's also quite the god of insanity um and you know because he's called the ever changing and his appearance can change um People wonder if that's also just a random thing. Um, he stays away from, he shuns the other gods, um, and uh, but he's not really hateful of them. By the way, his um, um, his alignment would be chaotic neutral, mm. as, as you'd expect. It's a fun alignment. It's a fun alignment. Unless you're the DM. <laughs> may save your life, may take your wife. Right. Right. Yes. Maybe maybe <laughs> not so much when you're the DM. That's right. Um he's allied with uh Gurel, Noribo, and Rudd. Whoever they are. Okay. Are we t- are we gonna cover Rudd? Is Rudd some, on our some list? Dudes. Rudd is not on our list. All right. So three gods who are not on our list. Right. Um, um his realm is located in limbo. It's called the Kiss of Luck. Um, oh. Ralish has his worshippers are most prevalent in Ul. Shout out to uh, um, Greyhawk Mike, the Greyhawk Mike, right? Yep. Um, and the Bandit Kingdoms. Shout out to Casey. Um, so um, that's where um his worship is most prevalent. Um, their beliefs, their, their, their creed, um, as it's printed here in the LGG. And I just love these little creeds. I do too. Yeah. Whoever did that. Good job. Good Probably job. Mr. Mr. Holian. If you, or if Somebody. it wasn't, if it wasn't him, he can tell us who, yeah. um, <laughs> order does not exist. Only randomness and chance and odds are stacked against you. 
While you may have a good run against the odds, eventually the universe will balance itself out against you. Randomness and insanity go hand in hand, and sometimes those who are the most insane are the ones who are closest to the true nature of the universe. Kindness mm. and prosperity are illusions, as misfortune comes to all sooner or later. Oh, I, it's it's a little bit grim. It's it, it's you know, as I read that now, it, it's it's almost like the the um, keeping on with the Batman analogy. It, it, it's very much uh, in line with. The Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight, uh, with um, Keith Ledger's version of the Joker. Oh, um, you know, I've never seen that. I really need to to oh, watch that. Anyway, that that version of the Joker is very much about anarchy, chaos, mm-hmm. um, um, that kind of thing. Insanity. He's insane because he's the Joker. Um, right. But it, it less less gangster, more just sheer random chaos right right i like that when you said anarchy or anarchist that's what this makes me think of yes this is this is the the you know a group of anarchists i can see a group of anarchists worshiping um Ralishas, absolutely so um there you can see from the uh their beliefs um that it's an odd combination of things so the clerics of Ralishas. Um, they both, you know, have a com. You know, they're both they hold to a form of fatalism, predestination, but also uh, recklessness. Um, they have a form of stoicism, but they also can be <laughs> can be kind of wild. Uh, and it just depends on on how they feel and and their 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 spot in the moment and and, and um, they're I'm. I'm I'm taking from this that they're kind of hard to pin down. Um, um, they don't really see much point in being kind to anybody since uh, the person's going to eventually be cursed with bad luck anyway. So might as well start now. Um, <laughs> um, um, they, the clerics of Relishaz often are going to be in charge of, of gambling houses. Um, hmm. um, um, And so, so you know, that's um. So, so if a, if a party's going to encounter a cleric of Ralshaz, you know, you can have them encounter them in the inn. You know, have a gaming table over there, and there's a, you know, a cleric of Ralshaz standing there. Yeah. Um, they travel with uh, their divinations, uh, which, um, indicate they should or or when they travel, that is, um. And, and this is where I got the idea of Two Face. It seems like they make their decisions based on, on, on something like Two Face. Two Face flips a coin, heads, yeah, something random, something random. It seems like there's there's something like that here. Um, there's something random. Their divination tools, the roll of a dice, something they make their decisions randomly. Um, yeah. So. Um, uh, Let's see what are the rituals the rituals um they they play random the the music of the um uh 
the cult of Rallishaz. Um, it, it includes playing random notes on musical instruments. Um, it, uh, it includes um, wild interplays of, of opposites and light and darkness, heat and cold, noise and quiet. Um, basically, it, it, it's random. It, it involves random uh, things. So that's that's Rallishaz. There's there wasn't a lot there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, from our, our the sources we chose to to stick ourselves to. Yeah. Um, I think so, he's kind of cool. He'd be fun to play a character. Um, you know, as as a player, uh, oh, yeah. be fun to to play a rogue or even a bard, um, or maybe just a fighter, just a flat out, you know, swordsman, swordswoman, um, of Ralishaz. And the, I think the thing that jumps out to me is this idea of this, we're all predestined to experience great misfortune. Right. Um, there's one line in the LGG that where you were looking that says, the, the clerics of Ralishaz are often mean-minded or cruel, not seeing the point of friendliness to someone who will eventually be cursed by bad luck. <laughs> uh, in other words, you know, it's all going to hell in a handcart anyway, so why be nice? <laughs> You, you know, um, you can have a lot of fun with a character like that. If I was playing a character uh, of uh, who was like a priest of Ralshaz or or whatever, you know what I would use? There is, if you go open up your basic uh, rules, uh, Moldvay basic, there is a, a monster reaction table. You roll 2d6 plus your plus uh, the charisma modifier of the person interacting with the monster. And there is a set of reactions that the monster can have uh, from unfriendly and, and uncertain to neutral to friendly to, you right. know, um, and, and that's how you. So I would make a table like that with a set of reactions that my character would have random reactions, polar opposites. And then in a given situation, I would literally roll the dice and see where ha- what happens, and that's how I would play my character to make to, to make that randomness. Yeah, you could build a, a random reaction table. Yeah, that's right. I love that, and just roll on it instead of like let that drive your RP. Yeah, that's um, right. And maybe maybe the rest of the table doesn't even know you're doing that. You know, <laughs> yes, you're you're kind right. of just managing that yourself. Or if you really want to let it rip, um, you know, develop a really I'm picturing like a D100 table. <laughs> with three or four different contexts of D100. So there's like hundreds of choices, oh. um, but give it to the DM. Now, do you know? Um, what, and have what? the DM roll for you and just have the DM tell you in like uh, text or something, 74, you know, and, and, look, and then look it up on your table. That'd be kind of fun. And you know what would make a, an awesome character for Ralishaz? A wild mage. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and, um, sorcerer, storm sorcerer, um, you know, yeah. those, cause those wild mages, things happen and it's just random, right? Or the, um, on the wild magic magic table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, um, I can see the wand of wonders being a particularly, yeah. particularly yeah. holy yeah. object. <laughs> yeah. And if you're a DM, you could really jack with somebody like make your own item of wonders that, that, 
you know, the, the player thinks it's going to do this and it does that. And, and you know, right. they let them discover the randomness. You know, so many times we cast identify and we know all the things about the thing. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be cool if there were a magic item that, that somehow had maybe a, an aura of divin, um, divinity magic, excuse me, um, divine, what is that called? You know, school of divinity where you yeah, divine things or illusion on it that mislead the um, a tuner so that they don't realize what's happening with the item and everything's random. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like the, the sensor of relishes um, or the brooch of relishes or the unlooked for uh, mantle, you know, some sort of thing <laughs> that you'd wear on your shoulders, you know, so I don't know something, but you could really, Mess with a party with an item of, of you know, relishes. <laughs> the cod piece of relishes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Care- careful. <laughs> Goodness. Okay. Well, that, that covers relishes. Well done, man. Very cool. So we're going to switch gears now. Um, very, very different from relishes. Uh, my assigned deity for this one is Rao, um, the mediator, the calm god, lawful, good, greater god of peace reason and serenity and as i'm looking through this i'm thinking man i could like probably do well myself to you know look into some of the teachings of rao i could use some peace and some reason and serenity i'm a pretty you know jazzed up dude when i drink too much coffee um this particular deity is uh one of the uh flan uh deities flan of peace flan god of peace reason and serenity the holy symbol a heart-shaped mask with a kind of this expression of calmness or peace and i wonder you know in in greyhawk when it says heart-shaped is it like the the little chalky candy valentine heart-shaped or is it actually shaped you know like a three-dimensional sort of a a heart um curious about that um or it could just be a simple like a white heart crafted of metal or wood um, worshippers of Rao are called Rowans. Rowans um, lives in Celestia, seven mounting heavens, uh, as a greater greater deity. Usually appears in illustrations as an old man with bushy white hair, darker skin, uh, which I believe kind of depicts the flan uh, appearance. Slender hands and a peaceful smile. So I'm immediately thinking in my mind's eye of a of a monk. Of some sort, and not necessarily the martial class, the martial D and D class. Although, you know, I could see there absolutely. I'm sure there's a way of peace or something. I'm, I've never played a monk, so I don't know all of the the various ways. I think is what they call your subclasses: the way of this, way of that. Um, but I could see like the monk class. But I I literally just think of a quiet, thoughtful, prayerful, meditative, you know, monk maybe sworn to silence. Um, an interesting bit here um, in the description, and this is coming from Greyhawk Online, the, the primary wiki. Anytime an offering of peace is made, Rao grows a day younger. So that's kind of cool. Um, with a glance, Rao can cause any being to fall into agreeable calmness. And it says specifically here, even Nero is not immune to this. That's a pretty cool deal. Um, and he's never seen or rarely seen without his serene staff. Um, his domains of worship, uh, community, glory, good, uh, inquisition, and I'm assuming they don't mean like Spanish inquisition, um, 
knowledge, law, mind, pact. Um, as far as relationships with other deities are concerned, um, he is uh, an ally of Heronius, uh, Pelor, Zilkus, and St. Cuthbert, and is opposed to, you know, get the surprise, surprise, Iusen and Cabulos. Um, and Rao being a greater, and, and I think oftentimes in, in Greyhawk campaigns, Rao is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mateus here, kind of depicted as the the primary overarching god of, of the pantheon, kind of like uh, Odin might be in the Norse mythos or Zeus might be in the um, Greek mythos. Um, and so he has a, a lesser god kind of serving him as Zodel, lesser god of mercy, hope, and benevolence. Um, Rao treats St. Cuthbert as a younger brother, and it is thought some think that perhaps he brought St. Cuthbert to Orth from another world. So that's interesting. Um, if he, and he's a flan god, you said. Yes. Um, so um, we also we also no, noted, uh, we noted last episode that uh, was it Paylor or Flotus? Yep. Paylor. Um, Paylor um, is in the running for that Odin. Yeah. Yep. Paylor's another one, very very widely so, worshipped. Yeah, and, and he's got that 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 kind of so so Rao might be another. Mm -hmm. um, Looked at as sort of a father of the gods, sort of a figure. Um, Great sway and influence. Maybe there's a little bit of rivalry there. Perhaps there is. That could be the basis for a an adventure as a DM. A rival, you know, temples. Um, the the Paylorians, Paylorites, Paylorishnesses. I don't know. Uh, the priests and paladins of Paylor have just had enough of these. You know, calm, serene, rowan, arrogant people that think they know all the things, you know. So, yeah. Um, dogma. What are what are the teachings of Rao? Let's go back to the living Greyhawk Gazetteer for the dogma. Reason is the greatest gift. It leads to discourse, which leads to peace, which leads to serenity. If all could be convinced to reason with each other, the world would enjoy the harmony of benign order. Some refuse to use reason and instead resort to violence, at which time action governed by reason and wisdom is required to counteract their deeds and restore peace. So even in this dogma, uh, Rao is not opposed to the use of action, is how he describes it, when facing um violence uh, especially if it's unreasonable or or irrational you know violence without purpose or thought um and and i think probably if i'm understanding this right um rao would probably prefer that that you know or believe that reason um precludes even the need for violence if if everyone is being reasonable rational peaceful and thoughtful violence would never really it would never come to that so, uh, clerics of Rao or Rowans uh, pursue knowledge. Um, they pursue paths of logical thought, theology, and introspective meditation. So, looking in upon themselves, a lot of time listening uh, for guidance, um, self-examination, um, things of that nature. But uh, and they do prefer peace, peace over violence, but are not above using force. 
when their arguments are ignored or the bastions of reason are threatened. So there's your little Paylor versus Rao, right? Uh, maybe the Rowan Temple has, you know, made some edicts in the city or the town and the Paylor Temple is in direct conflict with that. And so, you know, fisticuffs ensue. Uh, they do look for new ways of thinking, new schools of thinking, and also for uh, physical locations of great calm and peace and quietude and uh, powerful magic to use in their cause. So that's kind of cool. And the official weapon, this particular deity um, has a weapon, um, the light mace. Now, some of the deities have uh, items and things, and this is one uh, Rao, who is is one of those who has this. Let me scroll down. Artifacts and magic items back on uh, the wiki. Um, the crook of Rao um, is rumored to have been left behind when he was last on Orth to help banish the forces of evil. Uh, devils and demons are said to shudder at the mere mention of this object. Um, not other Not rumored. It what? Wow. It's rumored to be left behind, but the Crook of Rao is a is a major artifact in in Greyhawk history. Yeah, because um, uh, uh, um, we have, we'll have to. I have think that maybe the how it got here is probably the rumored part. Whether or not it exists is is not is not but, right. Yeah, we yeah. have the we we should probably one day we'll have a um a whole episode on uh the Crook of Rao, the flight of fiends, um that takes place at the end of the Greyhawk Wars in the. 580s i want to say um but that's that's a major event um leading up to 591 uh okay. timeline yeah so yeah, that that's uh well you know i if i remember correctly I, I use has all these fiends right that he's using and yes um the forces against uh i use use the crook of rao to banish them all away during uh -huh. the, during their struggle against him, that's a very sketchy. I haven't read it yeah, in a yeah. while. Hi, ten thousand foot view. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a great way to to incorporate this into your campaign, though, is the search for the Crook of Rao. Um, you know, something like that. Or there's another artifact. Uh, it's, in fact, it says uh, other artifacts of Rao are said to exist with similar, you know, banishment type properties against uh, malevolence. Um, another one listed here in the wiki: the Cap of Reason. Um, created by the Order of Rao to further the cause of peace. So here's an example with priests um, of Rao um, creating magic items um, resembling a worn cap made from dented and well-used helms has defensive properties against weapons and magic. So maybe something that would bar, uh, per, you know, protect the wearer from uh, psionic attack or um, charm, you know, things of that nature um, or even weapon damage. Um, myths and legends. I found a couple of cool things here. Um, let's see the swordless scabbard, one pervasive legend among the paladins of Rao. Picture that. How is one a paladin of Rao? Cause you know, paladins seem kind of militaristic and you know, I don't want to say necessarily warlike, but, but yet a paladin of the God of peace and serenity. Um, but the, the talk of this is that the paladins of Rao could be the man with a swordless scabbard who defeats his opponents without the need for a weapon. So, you know, um, 
defeat or best your opponent through discourse, um, through perhaps teaching, you know, gaining understanding, understanding, gaining agreement through understanding. Um, so an interesting, again, a very peaceful um, existence. Uh, let's see, there was something else. Oh, the temples of Rao, I thought were kind of interesting. Um, typically open air, lots of incense, very, very quiet chanting, and then earnest philosophical discussion. So you may find yourself in a coffee shop in a community where you live, and you might look around for the emblem of Rao, because perhaps you've entered uh, one of his temples, um, quiet chanting, earnest philosophical discussions, uh, extensive libraries and learned sages. Sounds like a coffee shop to me. Um, some of these temples are magnificent four-sided structures with a tall, thin spire at each corner and one in the center. Um, Veluna City uh, is an example that's given here. Um, Rao is very, very popular in Veluna, where in fact, Raoism is the official state uh, religion also uh, quite a bit in Bissell, Furyandi, uh, and the Church of Rao is a, is a large presence in Greyhawk City, um, Keel and Grand March in the Wild Coast also um, have have temples and, and uh, groups of of believers. So, um, and then there's kind of three parts of of the order of Rao, the worshippers. There's the clergy, uh, which we kind of described earlier, uh, mostly male, pretty quiet, studious. Um, again, peaceful solutions. They seek knowledge, they mediate, they negotiate. Um, in fact, the patriarch of Rao and Greyhawk, um, helped negotiate the end of the Greyhawk Wars. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. And here it is in here. The, uh, the powerful cleric of Rao and the Flaness was Canon Hazen of Valuna, who helped activate this crook of Rao and bring about the flight of fiends. So there it is right there. Um, but also the other three, the three parts, the masses, right? General worshipers, the priesthood, and then the temple militant or holy knights of Rao. These are paladins. Um, and they also then have supporting cast of fighters and retainers. Um, these paladins are known as envoys. Their motto, peace through strength of words and weight of reason. But they know that peace must often be won by strength of arms and do not fear to do so. Um, but they usually go lightly armed. Um, and armored unless they expect the worst. Um, very serene, um, very well-mannered, um, very uh, well-versed in decorum. So pretty cool. So that's, I, I uh, kind of imagine them wearing that sky blue helmet, sky blue helmets with all those stars. Oh, wait, sorry. That's the United Nations. <laughs> Peacekeepers. Yeah. Peacekeepers. That's, I got yeah, you. I, mean, I got you. you. You know, that's, that's the idea. I mean, we send... Uh, the United States, I'm sure, does. I know Canada sends uh, peacekeepers. Oh, yeah. You're there and you're armed, but you're there to keep the peace. I can see uh, um, knights of Rao, paladins of Rao being sent Absolutely. to keep the peace. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, and, and peace will be kept with the edge of a sword. So that gives you the idea of, of Rao. Um, I picture a little bit of the metaphysical. I'm, I, I kind of think of, uh, Wayne Dyer I'm not sure if uh, any of our listeners are familiar with Wayne Dyer, but he's a teacher in modern spirituality. I think he's kind of recently deceased, maybe in the last couple of years, my wife likes to read his, his stuff. Uh, it's kind of a, I don't want to say new age spirituality. It's more the, I think he talks about the Tao 
as his faith um, and spirituality, but but it's you know, meditative and and you know yoga things of that nature, physical control exercises, breathing, um, higher consciousness sort of thing, um, and and that kind of is what I thought of when I thought of or when I was uh, studying Rao. So that is uh, Rao, God of peace, reason, and serenity. You have uh, St. Cuthbert, I believe, next. Of the cudgel. Of the cudgel. Yep, St. Cuthbert of the cudgel. I like St. Cuthbert. St. Cuthbert is a fun god. He's the intermediate god of... Cudgels. Cudgels. (laughs) Common sense, wisdom, zeal, honesty, truth, discipline. Probably retribution should be in there, too, because he's very retributive. Uh-huh. Not afraid to exact revenge, or maybe justice is probably the word preferred. But right. yeah, yeah, he's listed in the LGG as being lawful neutral, lawful neutral in his alignment. Um, so that's um with with uh so so there you go. Saint Cuthbert most likely was once a man, a regular dude, of some other human people somewhere else of an unknown human people and long ago he was deatized uh is that the right word divinized beatified beatified deatized that's a good question we should probably look that up since we're almost Um, done doing the deities it'd be deified yeah um so anyway there you go deified um but i like deatized better um anyway he so um so so this is um this is what, um, like this is what you know, uh, what um, some other uh, editions of the game. This is the highest goal that they they offer you. This idea that you that your your once your player characters reach level thirty six, you can become gods. Well, we have that here in Saint Cuthbert. Um, his holy symbol is a starburst. Uh, that doesn't help you because I want to hear starburst. It it makes me think, makes me of, think of candy candy um yeah but, um but it, it what it kind of actually looks like is it looks like a cross um except for the the points on the cross are um pointed and at the each um and there's the two uh concentric circles and there's a big red ruby in the middle and there are rubies at the different points um so uh but he also has um other symbols um a cudgel <laughs> or uh um a crumpled hat um he takes many forms he he sometimes appears as a common yokel um often he appears with as a, a white-haired man with a mustache and, and plate mail and that that standard renaissance crump crumpled hat kind of look um He's usually shown with a big bronze wood cudgel. Um, he's. I want to yet- discuss for a second this this cudgel. <laughs> I, you know, I just decided to go ahead and Google cudgel yep. and click on images. And man, there's a lot of uh, versions of cudgels. Um, the definition was kind of a short, thick wooden stick used as a weapon. 
And boy, don't you know, you look at the images and sure enough, there's a lot of short, kind of thicker at one end, maybe studded. Some of these are pretty brutal. They're more like morning stars. They're captain iron with spikes. Yep. There's the traditional mace that has sort of those triangular fins that that encircle the head that are kind of pointed that golly skull crusher there's beautifully carved sticks that are you know that are like a limb that you could probably get most of your hand around and down at the handle end it's narrower with a knobby end and the 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 end that you beat people with is wider and then there's these forged cudgels and there's the stick with barbed wire wrapped around the end of it but so yeah pretty pretty cool Cool. Um, one that concerned me the most as as a practicing Catholic is this Catholic moral theology page. And all I see there is a <laughs> a cudgel that's been studded laying on what looks like a, a weathered piece of wood, maybe a bench with some leaves on it. And it says Steve Bannon's cudgel Christianity. I'm just <laughs> more than a little concerned about you know, like what feast day are we celebrating there? You know? That's right. Um <laughs> That's right. Um, so, um, so, so Saint Cuthbert is is favorable to any of the lawful non evil deities. Um, although there's there's a kind of a big a bit of a rivalry with um, Fultus. Um, Cuthbert hates evil, um, and, and he's concerned with law and order. Um, this is a big evangelistic. Uh, um, proselytizing uh style style religion um so um they are always trying to convert people to the worship of saint cuthbert um so let's look i feel like this one is a really wide like saint cuthbert is worshipped far and wide across the flaness like one of the more common and i don't know if it's because there's yeah. such an easy connection to many faiths in our real life. You could kind of, you know, picture St. Cuthbert, Knights, you know, Knights Templar, you know, the yep. Inquisition, the so forth and so on, yep. uh, the Crusades. Um, but doesn't it, I don't maybe I'm wrong, but doesn't it seem to you that many adventures refer to or involve in one way or another the Church of St. Cuthbert? It, it, it's, it's popular. Absolutely. The the Zavoda index is gigantic on St. St. Cuthbert. Yes. Yeah. It, it is big. Um, so there are lots there, there's compared to Ralishaz, there is much more information we have on St. Cuthbert. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. St. Cuthbert, um, his clergy, by the way, oh, well, you might first mention where he is. So they're called the Cuthbertines. Um, that is worshipers of St. Cuthbert. Um, they're mostly in the central Flannus. So that's you know, okay. Grand March divers, Friandi, the Free City, Keoland, right? Um, Shieldlands, that kind of thing. Hamlet. Yep. Now, this is a neat bit of Greyhawk lore. In the Scarlet Brotherhood book, 1998, um, it has a paragraph about uh, these little islands called the Isles of Axuaxel. Hmm. All right. And they are south, southeast. They're southeast off the coast of the southern Amedio jungle. Um, this is a group of Oman peoples who, instead of being the normal, you know, 
crazy, um, warlike people that their 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 other people are. They they were these. This was a peaceful group, so they settled these mm-hmm. little islands. Well, years ago, a, a priest of Saint Cuthbert managed to stumble all the way down to the southern Amedio and on these islands, and he set up. Um, he thought those islanders could be converted to his faith. So he oversaw the construction of two wooden buildings in a village of Renkrue. Um, He died shortly after the buildings were completed. And um, one was supposed to be a church and the other um, was a community hall. So there Hmm. you go. Um, So, so the worship of St. Cuthbert um, extends all the way down beyond your Darlene map into the southern Amedio, into mm. these little islands. I thought that that, that that's kind of cool. Yeah. So you can have um you can have wor- uh, clerics of St. Cuthbert whose just job it is is just to to head out there and convert as many people as you want. Speaking yeah, it feels of, like missionary work. Missionary work uh, yeah. with a cudgel. Yeah, with a cudgel. <laughs> well, I mean, some people just need to be helped along. Yeah, that's right. Um now, um, uh, the clergy, there's three major orders. Um, uh, uh, there's major orders and minor orders. Um, orders, think, um, what does that mean? Think, um, you know, if, if you have Catholic backgrounds or roots, you know, Franciscans, Benedictines, Cistercians, right? There's three orders. It, for St. Cuthbert, it's the chapeau, whose symbol is that crumbled hat. Mm-hmm. They seek to convert people to their faith. Um, um, There's the stars, whose symbol is that starburst. They seek to enforce doctrinal purity. All right. Oh, the canon lawyers. The canon lawyers. That's right. Yes, here they come. And then you have the billets um, or billets. I'm not sure. Um, My French is not that great. Yeah, Um, not so much here. And and, and so... um, they are most numerous of St. Cuthbert's uh, clergy. They're lawful good. They seek to minister, protect the faithful. Uh, they're they're well-beloved by most of the common folk, and their symbol is the wooden club. Um, these are your protectors um, uh, in the community. Um, the chapeau order often comes into conflict with the billets uh, because uh, the chapeau order wants to find new converts while the billets wants to care for the worshipers they already have and so there's a little bit of a fight there there are um other lesser known orders of saint cuthbert one is l'ordre de la croix rose veritas uh the order of the rosy cross of truth um wow this this is impressive yes and they have they have an abbey uh, and everything um yeah. and it was founded in 587 during the Greyhawk wars um it was founded by ormus a former priest of rao who had converted to the saint to saint cuthbert's face yeah. um there's well, that relation there so that's right um and, and um so so yeah um i believe um where is that listed um that you can find that in the 2e book the guide to hell pages 17 to 19 and i'm pretty sure that's all right there's a good read (laughs) 
<laughs> um, um, so yeah, there's and there's um, also the Society of the Sanctified Mind, which focuses on ridding the world of psionicists. Um, so if you have somebody in your party who wants to do wants really is bugging you, you're a DM and you got that one player. He wants to have psionics and he wants to be the the mind mage. You just say okay, and now now you've got he constantly being harassed by the society of the sanctified mind who just want to wipe him out um <laughs> so i'm saying about cuthbert's uh temples can be large cathedrals but most are, are wayside shrines small rude chapels um there's a monastery fortress of saint cuthbert in the the canton of um cultsburg uh, in paraland um um, which was a, a big resistance center um, protecting yeah. that valley. Um, let's look at their um, their their creed. The words of Saint Cuthbert are wise, practical, and sensible. The word of the cudgel is law, and the word must be spread so that all may benefit from his wisdom weakness in faith and acting against the saints teachings are intolerable in believers unceasing efforts should be made to bring unbelievers into the fold honesty truthfulness practicality and reasonableness are the highest virtues so you can see this these are stern and the clergy reflect that they're kind of stern folk they speak their minds. Um, they don't like backsliders. So this is a this is a faith that once you're in, uh, you better not be a backslider. So you yeah, can it have... seems kind of hierarchical and yep. and it's active. There's expectations of of like you said, recruitment, if you will. Yep. Yeah, and and uh, taking up causes in a rigorous manner. Zeal, you know, that's right. Of zeal. So weakness of faith, acting against St. Cuthbert's teaching, that, that's, that's no bueno. You don't want to do that. Um, so you could easily have um, players who are St. Cuthbertites and um, involve them in a plot or involve them in, 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 a, in an arc where they, where the, um, there are some priests of St. Uh, Cuthbert with cudgels in hand following them because they have... Uh, They've broken the rules. <laughs> so um, that's um, that, that's pretty cool. Um, I like St. Cuthbert. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it feels like a, a deity of the people. And it, it even, you know, he appears as a common yokel. I think that's funny that they literally appears as a common yokel. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so... Um, this would be um, a great, um, a great um, uh, a deity to, to include many um, uh, clerics of St. Cuthbert. They're the constables, they're detectives, judges, bounty hunters, um, easily able, um, um, easily able to be used um, in your um, um in your campaigns uh, i like this they have um a couple fun um uh what's it called phrases obstinacy bring obstinacy brings lumps to the heads of the unfaithful 
lumps, lumps to the head. Feels like that typical medieval sort of good, you know, faith. Yeah. Um, now, um, in, um, yeah, so, so St. Cuthbert, um, uh, is, um, is a fun God. And, um, I think there, there's, there's lots of neat room to expand here, um, with, um, um, with, with St. Cuthbert, um, there, um, Um, I especially like the idea of, you know, this is, this is, this is classic cleric stuff, you know, yeah, plate yep. mail, plate mail, blunt weapon, uh, cleric paladin or order of circle of light or whatever order of light. Um, you can, um, you, the three main orders are there, but you could take one of those main orders and make other lesser known orders. You can make your own, your own order, um, just like they made up their own um and you can have you could have lot um lots of fun with this i think agreed agreed all right so that uh, that's st cuthbert that brings us to and i'm just going to preface this next little uh segment here with uh, if you're easily drawn to despair and sadness and hopelessness, you might want to change and listen to something else because we're going to talk a little bit about Therisden, uh, God of eternal darkness, decay, entropy, malign knowledge, insanity, and cold. And I'll just pause to let you uh, change your listening choice if that was already too much. Um, I had just, you know... I knew this deity was dark. In fact, one of the titles, the dark God, the ender, he of eternal darkness, the ebon God, the black sun, the patient one, and, and on and on it goes. <clears throat> so I knew this was an evil deity, but I didn't really have any uh, understanding in any level of detail what Therisden is all about. Um, man, this is one dark dude. Um, so this particular deity is currently imprisoned. Um, unless you want to maybe write that a little differently for your game. Uh, but he's currently imprisoned by a group of deities. Um, and they did this to prevent, prevent the destruction of existence itself. How's that for cheery? Um, what's interesting, though, is is even though he's imprisoned, Therisden still has influence and sway um, and multiverse threatening power. Dun, dun, dun. Right? Um the holy symbol is a stark spiral rune, kind of spiraling downward, tightening as it spirals to the center, um, or a, or a two-tiered inverted ziggurat, known as an obex. And this this particular deity has a holy number three three three, is the holy number of Therisden. Uh, Therisden's entire goal in life is to destroy everything. Um, and there's an interesting, I want to see if I can find it here. There was an interesting bit that I, I saw that I was like, man, that's, that is dark. Um, where is it? Well, it was something along the lines of he's so bent 
on destruction, that he wants to destroy everything so that there can't even be a memory that existence was ever even a thing. Like, just sit and soak on that for a minute. <laughs> like, he wants to make it so nothing ever existed and no memory of anything ever existing exists. Like, absolute, utter nothingness. Pretty crazy. Um, obviously, his uh, relationships with other deities isn't good. Um, and in fact, um, the even the dark that the other evil deities um, would work with their, you know, good counterparts to, um, you know, return Thurisden were he to escape his imprisonment. So that's that's saying a lot. Um, but he works his will by employing demons, um, fiends, think of, of uh, Ayuz. Uh, certainly an agent of Therisden, uh, Zugtmoy, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, Zugtmoy, um, and the Princes of Elemental Evil. So, so the, you know, the Temple of Elemental Evil, it sounds like maybe the force behind that uh, finds its um, genesis in Therisden. Um, let's see, he has an avatar, uh, uh was created at the time of the Twin Cataclysms, but it sounds like uh, they thought it was perhaps um destroyed but it turns out it went into dormancy and it's been recently freed by recent i'm not sure the the year um of that but shothragat is out hoping to collect the 333 gems of therisden that would be used then to set therisden free um therisden's doctrine is very simple destroy all and everything encountered himself included Oh, here it is. Here it is. I found it. The very threads of existence must be torn asunder, then burned, then the ashes scattered until all is nothing and no one exists to remember existence. Dark stuff, man. Dark. Who um, who, who pissed in his cornflakes? Right? Just grumpy. <laughs> grumpy. Grumpy. Um, Have a Snickers? Are you, you hungry? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, now you're better. Um, that would be a funny Greyhawk Snickers commercial, like an image of Therisden trying to, you know, pacing in his imprisonment, trying to destroy everything. And then it fuzzes back out to whoever the real person is. Oh, man, it's so much better. <laughs> uh, worshippers. I love this. Therisden's worshippers are often insane. I mean, you think? Um, their ultimate goal is to free the dark deity from his prison. Um, he's rumored to be worshipped by the Scarlet Brotherhood. Um, but these are actually a smaller kind of an offshoot known as the Black Brotherhood, which kind of makes sense, right? Uh, Scarlet is just simply not dark enough for a worshiper of Therisden. Um, sometimes uh, Aboleths or Grell um, might worship Therisden. Um, again, like his lay worshipers, most of Therisden's priests are mad. Um, those who are not mad believe that they will reap great rewards and privileges for their aid in freeing him, which is kind of mad because if they free him, they're, he's going to destroy all existence. And so what rewards and privileges might that entail? You know, hello. So um, oddly enough, most of his clerics um, are quite secretive and trust only fellow cultists. Um, Cause you know, you figure if somebody finds a, a clergy of Therisden, they're going to be put to death just as a matter of, you know, normal function um apparently they use like human sacrifice in their rituals um they search for clues 
high and low, uh, particularly in ancient sites, uh, maybe sites where great evil was was uh, you know t- has taken place. Um, looking for any clues they can find to free their deity. Uh, their favored weapon is the dagger, um, which is interesting, I suppose. Um, you know, because a lot of times daggers are associated with that, you know, cloak and dagger kind of skullduggery, sneaky sneak, darkness, assassins. Um, so that's interesting. Um, the temples of Therisden, um, often hidden, hidden very well due to necessity, or they'd be, you know, raised to the ground. Uh, they're usually in the shape of a black ziggurat. Um, and in fact, uh, one of the main places of worship, there's an ancient temple to Therisden in the Yattle Mountains. Um, and more recently discovered, there's one near the Crown Hills and the Lort Mills. Um, so there you go. Um, I think for most folks in the Flaness, Therisden is but a dark kind of a legend. Uh, um, you know, it's, I'm not even sure that he's, you know, it doesn't even give us any really detail on how Therisden might uh, appear just a pitch black amorphous form. Um, he's described as an incorporeal wraith form, black and faceless. So, you know, I think for if you think about the lay person, the average uh, yokel in uh, Greyhawk, they're not going to connect well with that. Um, so I think for a lot of people, Therisden is but a dark, dark memory. Um, the artifacts that might be associated or magic items, the 333 gems of Therisden. Um, it's believed that they were split up so they couldn't be found together because apparently they can be used to somehow uh, free him. There's also a uh, a horn known as the Wailer of Therisden. That sounds cheery. Um, the Spear of Sorrow. Uh, very nice. And then there's this sword called Drunayazdeth. D-R-U-N-I-A-Z-T-H. Drunayazdeth. It's a cool word. Um, it's a magical bastard sword nicknamed the Claw of Therisden. How cool is that? Um, apparently the sword serves as a, as a window into the god's soul. It appears as a simple bastard sword. It's forged from ruinite, which is this strange, mysterious, purplish black uh, ore uh, metal. Has these strange patterns that uh, kind of shift and move across uh, both the blade and the guard. Otherwise, there's no decoration. Um, constantly emanates cold wisps of fog, um, which is kind of cool looking. And it seems to just devour heat and light, um, both of which seem to dim or lessen in its presence. Um just kind of a cool thing. Uh, what does it do? Plus five frost bastard sword of wounding. Try that bad boy on for size. A non-evil creature struck by the weapon must make a successful will save DC 33. For those of you playing 5e, that's good luck making that save. Um, success results in burning chills that impose a two-point dex reduction and a minus four penalty on skill checks, ability checks, and attack rolls for one hour. Failure failure in this saving throw if you're a non-evil creature struck by the weapon results in the wounded individual falling into a catatonic slumber for one to six weeks the victim cannot be awakened during this time and suffers horrid nightmares and apocalyptic visions of Therisden's return and these visions would then haunt the victim <clears throat> for the remainder of their life and I'm going to go ahead and probably guess the, their afterlife as well so rather cheery fellow um there is a module 
Uh, Gary Gygax wrote a module, The Forgotten Temple of Therisden, one of the Greyhawk classics. Um, and he also obviously appears in the World of Greyhawk um, classic setting. I'm going to scroll down in LGG to kind of wrap up Therisden with his uh, his dogma in there. Um, short and sweet, here it is. Light must be snuffed, perfection decayed, order dissolved, and minds fragmented. I mean, man. Cheers. Yeah, real, you know. What must those candles smell like? Wow. Now, so <laughs> now, um, our, 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 on a previous episode last season, um, we had the late, uh, the now late Jason Devota on to talk about, uh, the Gord the Rogue Doggles. Well, after Gary Gygax, uh, the creator of, uh, Greyhawk, left, um, TSR he continued and finished those novels mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. however at the end of those novels um spoiler alert for anybody who's going to read them uh Therisden kills Gord and destroys Orth he fulfills his he fulfills dogma his, then there is um two other gods who kind of have this multiverse thing so if you wanted, if you're a fan of DC and you wanted to do the Greyhawk version on Crisis on Infinite Earths and do Crisis on Infinite Orths, where successive multi, where, where um, successive universes are being destroyed, Orth 372 has been destroyed. Orth 27 mm. has been, de- mm-hmm. and, and and so Therizden is going around and destroying all these orths until he comes to your orth and so your your party members have to go and stop them that would be kind of neat um um that would be i i think that would be a kind of a, a a neat uh campaign because then you can have you can change a couple so you can have the, you have your party going from orth to orth you know in one in this orth um Mordenkainen has hair in in this orth. Um, maybe Mordenkainen was the one who betrayed the the circle and, and is out in the in the bright desert, not Bigby. Um or, or Rari, sorry, Rari. Um, um you can you can, you know, in this orth, there is no Ayus. Um, you know, so you can you can do that, and each one of these orths, um, you have a mission to get something before uh, this orth is destroyed. It's an idea that I had. Um, yeah, a little, little like a timeline mess, mess yeah. with the timeline. Like it. Um, and there's a ticking clock in each in each world. You have, you know, five in each world. You have the same time, like five days before right. this earth this this orth is destroyed and you have to get your thing and get out um you know i think that'd be a i think that'd be a cool campaign it'd be fun yeah very cool kind of a mind twister so one other thing i thought was interesting um there's another another artifact the scorpion crown um gifted to him uh gifted to the risden by the last king of psalm which he used then to destroy the ancient kingdom of psalm 
you know, give this dude a gift and he beat you to death with it. Um, also, uh, Thursden is credited with the corruption of the Seely court. So even in the Feywild, uh, his his influence has been uh, pretty profound because uh, now we have the Unseely, the darkness, the Shadowfell, if you will, um, credited to Thursden. So very, very cool um, stuff if you're into a very dark campaign. Um, again, Greyhawk is not really written to be good conquers evil and, and everything in up great in the end um you know the the what is that the the group of eight or whatever that's called they're, they're yep. really neutral and uh, you know if they lean if they lean good or evil it doesn't toward good um you know mordenkainen um very 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 neutral um you know mage um and greyhawk isn't meant to be all hugs and unicorns and rainbows um, there's a lot of darkness in the world and it's all um starts with Thrizden, um, according to this. So pretty interesting. Yeah. And like we talked about with um, uh, Pelor and Rao, if you needed a chief, a chief deity to be essentially your, your deities, your, your world's devil, um, the, the ultimate personification of, of evil bottom of the rung kind of thing. Uh, it, it, it's going to be Thrizden, hands down. Yeah. Yeah, and you could, uh, you know, you could do one of those, you know, the the because it, it says in here from time to time his prison weakens, and that's when his influence is most able to creep out. Now here, um, here. so you could build a build a, a campaign, a high level character type campaign. You know, the oh. fear is that the 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 prison is is weakening, and your job is to find the artifact that will restore the yeah the bonds yep. or you know something like that. Now there are a lot of pretty grim greyhawk deities we've covered some of them mm -hmm. do you think that these deities who are grim and dark gods of death and slaughter and, and, and this kind of thing are they in league with thurston is he, i don't think so or is he or is, is he, he using them they, I could see him maybe using them or his agents are, but it, it says in numerous places in here that, uh, let's see, some say that there is an originally in the far realm or a previous universe. He was imprisoned eons ago by the forebears of those beings known as the great powers, although Pelor is said to have been involved. It's also said that good and evil deities worked together to ensure his imprisonment. So that tells me that even the evil deities, you know, because they don't want to be zoinked out of existence um you know it's it's to their benefit to see that the Risden does not escape and, and I, I read it in several places in the the you know the research for this um that you know so like i use might be an agent of the Risden, but you know i use this all about the world and material things and wealth and greed and suffering and you know he's not about the extinguishment of all things at the end of the day um and cabulos um you know, Nerul. Um, they're not about the absence of everything. They're a, they're about evil and their own devices and the abolishment of all things good. And so it's to their benefit to to band together when needed should the Risden. Uh, right. You can't make things suffer if there's nothing to make suffer. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Excellent. Well, very good. So there's four more deities, and we're down to we'll have one more episode um, featuring the deities of Greyhawk. And again, this is not meant to be an exhaustive list. Um, there's so many more 
Um, and maybe we'll dive into this, but, but I think after this, uh, this episode and next, we will, uh, forge ahead in, in other directions, um, with maybe some more guests and so forth. A couple of topics have been suggested. So, um, but we have, um, left to discuss Tritharian, uh, Ula and Weejas. So that'll be next episode. Um, and that'll wrap up our list of the deities through the player's guide, uh, from the player's guide for the edition. And again, we're going to leave Ayuz and Vecna for their own episodes, whether they each get their own episode or we cover them both in one episode, however that works out. Um, they're, they're a big enough deal. They're real in the game. They're real enough in the game. They're, they're on Orth. Um, you know, there's a, a, an aliveness to them, I suppose. Right. Um, that characters have encountered. They're that integral to the lore of Orth um, that they deserve their own uh, seat at the table. So, yeah, so we're getting to the end of this little project. Pretty cool. Uh, I've learned a lot, that's for sure. Um, hopefully you have as well, both ways to, Absolutely. you know, incorporate these deities as a player or as a dungeon master. So with that, um, we wish you well. Uh, any last uh, bits of wisdom, nuggets of awesomeness, uh, Mateus? Don't feed Thursden. Don't feed Thursden. Yeah, keep the lock locked and the right. uh, lid on. Yeah. Good, good advice right there. Very well. And and given the season in the uh, northern climes of our listening area, um, don't eat the yellow snow. So <laughs> very good. Um, take care of one another. Be kind. Be safe out there. And uh, we will see you around the uh, realm of Greyhawk um, at another time. You've been listening to the Greycast Podcast, where we explore the world of Greyhawk one podcast at a time. Mateus and I are excited to share our passion for the world of Greyhawk with each of you. We'll drop episodes every other Monday featuring all things Greyhawk. Please refer us to all your cool, nerdy Greyhawkian friends and allies, even your most hated enemies at the gate. Find our podcast on Spotify and be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at Greycast576 to keep up with Greycast. Until next time, remember, it's a dangerous business going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. <laughs>